and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. This is Eddie Cohn, the host, creator of the podcast. I'm really excited you guys are here listening because I have a freaking amazing artist, singer-songwriter, who joined me on the show a couple days ago. Her name is, she's called Trisha's, or Trish, but she's on Instagram and Facebook and uh, Spotify as, uh, she's known as Trisha's, T-R-I-S-H-E-S, or Trisha's Music. And I read about her on BuzzBands a couple months ago, which is sort of this LA-based blog, music blog, and I checked her out, and she's freaking really talented. She's been on KCRW, she's played School Nights, and she's going to be doing more shows here in LA in September and October. I don't know where yet, but definitely stay tuned. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's just really... There's like a St. Vincent, um, Regina Spector, Florence of, Florence of the Machine kind of vibe. I just really talented, amazing voice, incredible record. And the latest EP is called Ego, which came out a couple months ago. And I asked her if she'd come on the show and talk to me. And she right away wrote back. She's like, totally, I'd love to do that. So yeah, I'm just really stoked that she took the time to talk to me this weekend. And we cover music, social media, her background, and she ended up going to Berkeley. Uh, it's called Berkeley College of Music. Um, so yeah, just if you have no idea what the downward facing spiritual spiral is, I just think it's really important for us to be talking and communicating and hearing people's stories. I think a lot of us in our culture now are just sort of staring at our phones and we are communicating through emojis and texts. And I just think it's sort of diminishing our potential as human beings. And I want to bring the art of conversation back into our lives, because I think that's really how we get to know each other. I mean, and I mean really get to know each other, not through texting, but through hearing people communicate, hearing their stories and hearing where they're coming from. And I think um, one of my goals for the show is to bring interesting artists, talented artists onto the show, hear their story. And yeah, I was just really inspired and thought that Trish would be a freaking awesome guest. And of course she was. And I play a lot of her music throughout the show. I think I play like four songs throughout the podcast. Um, so yeah, definitely check her out because she's really freaking talented. She's not only a singer, songwriter, but she's also an artist. Uh, she does spoken word as well. She's here based in LA. So I'm positive she's going to be having some shows coming up here in the city. And I'm sure she's going to be on KCRW again, or I'm sure you'll hear her music on KCRW again, because her vibe just sort of totally fits in with that world. It's really inspiring and it's unique, uh, but it does totally have sort of a St. Vincent vibe. And we'll find out also that she's a huge fan of her. So it sort of makes sense that some of her music sounds like that. So anyway, you can find her on Instagram at Trisha's Music. She's all over Spotify, iTunes, so yeah, if you dig the show, please tell people about it. Write a review on iTunes. That kind of stuff really helps. And I hope you dig the show. I've got some pretty amazing guests lined up over the next like few weeks, but I'll record a podcast later on sort of talking about that. But for now, as always, super stoked that you're listening, being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. You know, we live in this world now, it's like once you turn the phone on or it becomes visual, then people act differently. Because then there's like, people are worried about how they look 
and there's sort of the whole visual component oh, like, to wow. it. Yeah, interesting. Just sort of in- so I've sort of been against doing it, but I decided I am going to like just I've thought about videoing just like the first five minutes just for like promo, just sort of like um, you know, oh you're here that kind of thing. So I will turn the video camera like it's actually recording right now. Cool. But I'll okay. but I'll turn it off like in. I don't know. I just do you think I'm like insane to think that way? No, I don't think I don't think I would act necessarily different than I would act if I was just being interviewed. Right. Um Yeah. Yeah. I just I think maybe cuz you're a performer and you're comfortable like being in, on a stage, that kind of thing. I yeah. just, I just, I don't know. I feel like it. I just feel like we become so obsessed with how we look that it's kind of nice to sort of just have a conversation without thinking about our looks. I think I like when I know how they look. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Especially when there's multiple people. Right. But I'm also like a bad. Like I don't read a lot of fiction because my. It's interesting. I'm. I have. I have this great big imagination, but I don't have it for like picturing interactions or spaces. Okay. So it's like, oh, are we there doing? We oh yeah, I already pressed record. <laughs> oh, I just yeah. we started. No, well, um, I like to keep it sort of. I, I like to sneak up on people and just like keep it casual, and they're like, oh my god, we're actually recording. Now we're doing it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't have a a. a an imagination for physical spaces. Uh-huh. So when I'm reading fiction, I spend so much time trying to figure out what a physical space looks like. Interesting. And so I don't read fiction. Like I only read nonfiction. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think when I know, I think whether or not I, I am acknowledging it, I'm using brain power to imagine what the people talking look like. Right. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, I think I would probably just to prefer to use all of my p- brain power yeah. on like the subject at hand. I was even, as you were saying that, I was wondering if people's imaginations are not as wild as they used to be in this weird sort of way, because we just know how everything looks now. And I, I... Was the, like my aunt told me the story about how she went to see Led Zeppelin in the seventies in Madison Square Garden, and she was like one of only twenty thousand people in the whole world that went to that show. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there weren't cell phones then, and so everybody sort of had to use their imagination about like how this band looked or how they sort of behaved. And now it just feels like we live in a world now where everything has to sort of be out there. Yeah, I I think it's bad and good. But um, with me in particular, I just visually, it's just not something my brain does. Visually, I imagine lots of things. Like I love drawing and I love um, creating little films and I love making my music videos. So it's not that. It's like actual physical space. If I haven't seen a house, if I haven't been in a room, it takes me forever to imagine what it looks like. Hmm. It's just, I don't know. I'm just not like a... (sighs) It's not necessarily just visual. There's like a like a dimensional thing yeah. to it that's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks so much for taking the time to talk on the show. Thank you for it's, having I'm me. I'm really well. I I 
Looking at Buzz, because I'm not friends. I mean, I, I know, gosh, what's his name all? Kevin, Kevin Bronson. I was actually featured in Buzz Bands like five years ago. And so mm-hmm. I met Kevin through that and through a mutual friend. And so I just I just look at their page every probably like every couple of weeks. And I saw you featured uh, probably like a couple months ago. It would have been probably like six weeks ago. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so I checked it out because I don't know. I'm trying to find cool artists that I just think are interesting and because um, I do think social media in our in our phones has sort of dramatically impacted sort of the way we think and how we utilize our time and specifically creators. I just think, you know, Instagram is, you know, important in some regards, but I also think it's sort of, it can sort of like waste our time. For sure. Um, yeah. So that's sort of that's sort of the theme of the show. <laughs> Getting to know, getting to know artists, and sort of how they handle with social, how they deal with social media, um, and so yeah, I, I went on Buzz Bands, and I was really blown away at this song that I'm about to play. Money was that the video that was on it? Or that was wasn't it? what was featured. That but that is on the album. Okay, yeah. what was the one that was featured? I, I language don't wanna... was featured. Okay, interesting. Well, yeah. I'm going to play a few songs like throughout the show. Um, but I figured we should start off. Is it cool that I play that song? Yeah. Okay. So the record's called Ego, yeah. and there's a lot I want to talk about. When the, when did the EP come out? In March. In March, March. Oh, so just a few months ago. Yeah. And were you were you like in Europe touring? Yeah, I was uh, doing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> what was going doing on? A bunch of stuff. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> I was playing some shows. Um, I filmed a music video. Okay. For which song? For a song called Animal. Okay. Um, I was exploring. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. I think I only ended up actually playing like five or six shows. Okay. Um, but I was gone for a month, but okay. I did, I did also shoot a music video. Okay. Took a bit of time. <laughs> now is the, is that the song's not out yet? It is out, but it's, it's like a standalone song. The song Animal is sort of like the thesis statement of the whole project. Okay. Um, so it's a single that came out before Ego, but that is going to be on my next album, okay. The Id. The yes. Id. Yeah. And when's that coming out? Sometime next year. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot I want to talk about. I, of course, I went to your website and I read a lot of interesting things. And there's sort of like this mythology element to your music and there's a lot of depth to it. And of course, I thought of St. Vincent just like right away. I love her. She has to be a huge fan of or You have to be a huge fan of hers, right? I am. I'm a huge fan. Like, yeah. I just, I want to open for her. Totally. Like one of my life like, dreams. Life, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think her. she's, I think she's out here. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure she's like here in New York all the time. Okay, but well, I, I don't know her. Yeah. Well, we've got to make. If you know her. We have to make that happen. Let me. Yeah. Let me know. <laughs> well, um, so the song is called the one that I responded to the most: "Money." Coins of electrum expected from the east and west. Land is on your own. Your so you must do your best Find some money 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 Food from the ground Ain't in the sound They package and you pay You are to sainted But it ain't gonna matter anyway You don't got money 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 Money, money, money. Do you think that this is okay? 
first of all, you know, I play piano, but I and I think you're you're a piano player because mm-hmm. I saw a video of you online. But I love that there's not piano in that song, or maybe there is, but it's like way underneath the yeah, mix. Yeah, there is just like in that little B section. Okay, there's kind of those jazz chords that do like the walk up. Yeah, was it your decision to sort of have it more like a bass sort of? line that you're singing against or who decided to sort of not really have the piano of, uh, featured in the song? Well, I think um, with ego, so ego is, um, the idea is that ego is the conscious self between the primal self and the spiritual self or the id and the superego. And to me, how I sort of express these selves is the id is, um, is very sparse and rhythmic and um, not too harmonically based okay um, so just like fewer chords like very very simple progressions um and then superego which i have not written or recorded yet i imagine to be very lavish and um harmonically complex okay and so the goal with ego was to have a mix of the two of them mm-hmm. um so with money in those b sections they're actually pretty dense sort of jazz chords doing that walk up right and then the verses are very very sparse so um that's kind of the yeah the musical concept (laughs) well where did you come up with this this concept for the record and and i guess it's uh, like the first of three that are going to be coming out yeah so when did you think about this and when did you start you know putting it into motion so i think in my early 20s after college I really struggled with um the idea of morality and ideology and shame um and suppression um Mm. and the way I sort of worked through that was with the like my loop station and these vocal effects right um it gave me an opportunity to express these several selves that seemed to be um, conflicting with each other. Hmm. And so it was just very therapeutic for me to have some um, something in the world of these selves. So it wasn't always like in my head. Right. And so it was just a very natural um, process for me. It's just like how I, how I uh, worked through that internal conflict. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Um, I, you know, I liked, I liked Freud's descriptions of them. Um, it's not, they're not exactly how I'm expressing them, especially superego. Right. Um, but I, and I, I liked the names. Like, yeah. I, I liked that he named these selves. Um, and so I liked sort of giving some agency to those selves. Well, I should read what I when I was reading off your website and I think, no, because it's really interesting and you're not, obviously you're not very old. You've, I think you're, you're probably under the age of 30. I am. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but you just, there's a lot of depth and intellect. Is it the, hello, my name is Trish, but you can call me Trish's. Is that what's on my website? Yeah. Well, no, I'm, well, I'm not going to read that, but no, you said over the next few years, I'm going to dive into what it means to be human with you, what it means in the grand scheme of the universe what it means to me personally, and what it means in our shared existence. We'll be starting with Ego, which is the first EP, and I just played a song from it, The Conscious Self. To me, this means the ways in which we have distanced ourselves from animal without fully reaching divine. 
things like government, created to bring justice and order to humanity, falling short and breeding corruption and oppression. Things like language, a tool that spurred our greatest achievements, a tool that is painfully inadequate in describing the human experience. And then lastly, things like possession, self-awareness, and creativity. So there's just, there's a lot there, and I'm connecting to a lot of it. Um, I mean, we could start with language. You know, I, I talk about this a lot. I mean, I want to get back, get to your backstory a little bit, but I do think one of the things about Instagram and social media and technology is it has affected the way we communicate and the way we use language. And, you know, I touched on it a little earlier about, you know, turning the video cameras off for the podcast, but I do think we are thinking less about our words and we're thinking about other things and it's like sort of quick emoji type stuff. Um, I don't know. I do think the way that we communicate has just changed so dramatically. Yeah, I'm not sure if we've ever like thought enough about how we use words yeah um especially the ways in which words are harmful um which they can be harmful and they they can be used as a tool um for violence or oppression um and i i don't think i have either i think i've always really glorified language like i love language um it's so exciting to me it's exciting to me because you're chasing something that you can't ever find with language right like you can only describe something so thoroughly or so accurately right um so there's like kind of a thrill to it i guess yeah but i love language i just feel like we need to start thinking about its role in um in our like power dynamics and society and yeah just be more conscious more aware yeah And you were born in Trinidad. So, no, I was born in Boston. You were born in Boston. My parents were still in college. and then Trinidad, Boston. When I was still a baby, Okay. Um, th- very shortly after I was born, we moved back to Trinidad. Okay. So it's a weird... Um, I still can feel very much like an immigrant because I didn't actually like move to the States until I was seven or so. Okay. But I am a, yeah, I was, I was born in Boston. Both of my parents went to college in Boston. Okay. But then, wait, how old were you when you moved to Trinidad? Like really young? <sighs> really young, like a few months old. Okay. And then you, and do you have any memories of Trinidad? I do, yeah. You do? Like what do you, what do you remember? Um, I remember playing like some Aladdin game in my yard. <laughs> okay. I remember burying, like I had, do you remember the show Dinosaurs? No. And they had like a baby and go, it's the baby. Uh-uh. It was like, it was, just so, it was this weird kids show called Dinosaurs. I had dinosaurs, um, little play, little figures. And I remember we would always rent out this beach house. Okay. Um, and I remember like burying them. Um, I have very, I have a lot of memories with my dad. Um, my dad's a really important figure in my life. And so I, I have, I have memories you know when you have you've just like remembered a memory so many times you don't know you don't know like if the memory is real or not. Right. I have a lot of those. Huh. With my dad. I remember one time him pulling us out of school early and we went and we got food. I remember us going to look at turtles, like the turtles mating. Yeah. On the beach. 
I remember catching crabs. So, you, I mean, there's a lot there that you remember. Oh, yeah, I remember okay. a ton. I mean, I was seven. I was, yeah. yeah. And then, but, I mean, was music sort of in your life then at that point or? Yeah, ever since I can remember, I would okay. just like make my entire family watch me sing. And sometimes I would like enlist my cousins to like be my backup dancers. Right. Yeah. That's... But I would just sing everywhere. Like I was just relentlessly attention seeking. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was also the baby of all my cousins. So I think that's the birth order thing. Yeah. Well, how many of, how many of you were there? Now there's more. <laughs> of course. But I was the baby for a good 10. Yeah, I was the baby for like 10 years. Okay. Um, and for that time, that was when we had, when I spent the most time with my cousins, when we all lived in Trinidad. Okay. Um, yeah. So probably at the time there were like eight of us, nine of us. Okay. And then... Was there a piano down there? No, or you, or I you were just like singing a cappella? I was everywhere. just singing a cappella. Like we would sing, like, hey, hey, we're the monkeys. I don't know why we sang that. We sang a lot of Spice Girl songs. Yeah. Um, but no, we, I never played any instruments. Not, I didn't play um, piano until I was 12. And then you leave Trinidad and come back to the States and go back to Boston or. No, I had a brief stint in New Jersey that I don't remember that well. That's probably best. (laughs) And then um, when I was 10, I moved to San Diego. Okay, got it. And then you just, you know, Southern California living kind of a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm such a California girl. I love it. I love California. Okay. And then what point did your, your, is your mom around? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah. I always talk about my dad and then I feel so bad <laughs> because like my mom was so integral in making me this like functional whole person and right. like giving me that care. I think um, my dad is just was, you know, just with my dad, I would be sort of like a dysfunctional person with a very cool personality. And right. without my mom, I don't know. I, they, they serve very different purposes in in. um my upbringing and both like so important but i think one is just like one is just more um sparkly yeah. so you talk about that one more sure you know yeah you, like yeah cool yeah <laughs> yeah no i get it yeah no it makes sense mm-hmm. um but what at one point do you have brothers sisters mm-hmm, i have a brother okay and you guys like is he musical at all or He's he's like trying to be. I think he's like learned a couple songs on guitar and stuff. Okay. He's in computer sciences and stuff like my dad is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, and um, and so was were they really supportive about you and music, and were they just um, like did they ever be, say something like you know you should be more practical, or were they all like go for it for the music, the music world? I think when I was younger, probably when I was in high school. Yeah. Um. There, there may have been a few comments made about, you know, doing something more practical. But um, my dad really believes in doing what you love. Hmm. Um, and they both just want me to be happy. So yeah, I, I, I've always felt supported. If there was any moment that they. Um, were not supportive. It doesn't really like register in my memory. Right, that's cool. Yeah, and but for you, like, when did you, when did it go from singing acapella acapella songs sort of around the house to boy, I'm I'm really 
taking this seriously and I want to get better at it. Because I, I think he went to Berkeley School of Berkeley. Yeah, Berkeley which is College of Music. Yeah. Like one of the best music schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, when did it sort of transition to um, this is this is my life and this is sort of what I want to do? I think um, at some level it was always what I wanted to do. I think, and I've talked about this a lot in, in different um, interviews and media and stuff, that uh, the lack of representation for just um, Southeast Asian um, people in the U.S., in the American entertainment industry, yeah. I for a lot of my childhood, I thought it wasn't actually like an option. For the most part, we really like we can we need those role models to like envision ourselves in those roles definitely um so i did not think that um being a musician was something i could do but i think it's something i always that's what i always wanted to do yeah um since i was little like i would i would go from room to room pretending i was in music school and like taking different classes and then i would like go on my balcony and i would like on concerts so yeah i think it's what i always always wanted to do and then around the time i was 12 and i started playing piano and then some random friend of my mom's um <laughs> heard me playing and singing and she was like oh you should like you should do that you should you should like enter i was like thinking about entering the talent show but i was like I don't know. Right. she was like you should do it you're really good um which is just a testament to like how an off-hand comment from a stranger can really affect your life. Yeah. Um, and I remember I had this friend, and she lived across the street, and her mom was the one that was like, you need to do something more practical. This yeah. was before I had even done my first performance. <laughs> right. She was a dermatologist. And she was like, you're... And I'm like, academically, I'm really smart. I got yeah. like, I graduated school with like a 4.5 No GPA. way. Yeah, That's I'm like shot. really I'm good kidding. at school. <laughs> I, I couldn't could tell. <laughs> but she was like, um, you can do that on the side. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I did this talent show and she came up to me after and she said like, I cried. Like that was, that was amazing. That was great. And like took back what she said. Yeah. And um, then I was like, okay, like. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. If she can change her mind from being like, do something more practical um, and seeing me perform and then be like, no, you should do this. Then like, I, I don't know. I yeah. I could do it. So why is music so important to you? Why, how, like, for what reason do you sit down and play the piano or why do you start writing songs? What about it is just so life changing for you? I, I think that's just how I process life. Yeah. I think people just process life in different ways. And um, above everything, above anything, I would say I'm like a concept artist. So I also like draw and do spoken word and like enjoy making visuals. And, and it's really about these concepts and exploring these concepts. Um, I think out of all of the ways that I process things and most of the ways that I process things is through art, I would say all of that's how that's how I process life and music is the the thing that I I do the most yeah process yeah um but I'm not like a lot of musicians where I write a ton all the time yeah yeah it's not well that's funny I used to think that I just had to be one thing creatively um but then over the last like 10 years 
I started DJing, I started writing a book, and I started teaching yoga, and I, I feel, and I just read an article in the New York Times where, you know, those those artists that just focus on one craft, of course, they're probably going to get really great at it, but for whatever reason, they're, they're sort of not as fulfilled as those artists, I'm, in, I'm like emotionally, mentally, as those that sort of explore different avenues, and I'm not quite sure why. I forget his point, but... Um, did you ever feel as though you should just be a singer songwriter or you, you never really thought about putting those limitations on yourself? I think I definitely did. I think all of the other art forms evolved over time and music was the first one. Yeah. I think I definitely learned over the last few years to, um, not underestimate myself because I've done all of these things I didn't think I could do. And I think that's been like the coolest part of being an independent musician. Yeah. Yeah. When did you, um, so you go to Berkeley and it's, that's, that's a four year school. Yeah. Okay. And then, and that's, um, and did you like, are you doing shows up there kind of a thing? Um, yeah, I did my first like real in the world shows. <laughs> okay. At college, yeah. And were those just like miserable or they were just incredible or, you know, what? Uh, they weren't really either. Yeah. They were just what they were. Um, I wish I started performing like at clubs and stuff when I was younger. Yeah. I performed so much in high school, but always at high school because I also went to a performing arts high school. Okay. Um, yeah. So I started playing with a band in college and it was like more like Fiona Apple, Regina Spectre kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, and then after college, I um, didn't really want to have a band. Like, now I have a band again. In, oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, if you come to, like, one of my bigger shows in L.A., it'll be with a band. Um, I'm still doing, like, the looping and all the things I do, but they're, like, adding a lot of that low end. Sure. Um, but at the time, after college, I didn't want to have a band. It was, like, pretty stressful for me. So... Well, why? What do you... Like, what do you mean? Just wrangling people. Yeah. People wrangling. Yeah. Um... Well, it's so, sort of, and it sort of forces you to get better at everything in a weird sort of way. Because I don't like relying on other people. Yeah. And so, and I was watching you, and you do all you use a loop pedal and you loop vocals on top. And although it may not be the same as a band, um, it's still there. When done well, it can be really cool. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of nice to not have to, you know, ask this person to, you know, be the drummer. Or, right. I don't know. It's it's I I, I understand what you're talking about. Yeah, so um, that's kind of how I got into doing the looping and the effects and stuff was to kind of um, have a bigger sound. And then it just felt so cool. It was like it's some sort of like sorcery. You know? Yeah. It's just cool that you to like have like put something into the world and then it's there and it's there and it's perpetually there. I don't know. Something about it is just like very special to me. And I also have like... I tend to, like, anyone who has an argument with me knows that, like, I just think in loops. Like, I just, people be like, you said that, you said that, you said that. And yeah. I'm like, I know. I don't know what about my brain. It's, like, just, like, it goes in loops. That's how I process things. Yeah. I need to think about it over and over and over. Like, it's weird, but um, it's, <laughs> looping fits very well with my personality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes I, I, I sometimes repeat myself, and I think it's sometimes I don't know if the person's really hearing me mm -hmm. or listening. Yeah. And so I feel like I have to say it in a different way. Yeah. And even though they'll be like, oh, yeah, I just heard you. But I, I, for whatever reason, I get the sense that they're not really listening. Yeah. 
I don't know. Because I understand. I'm kind of the same way. I do that too sometimes. Yeah. Where I feel like, did they really understand what I was saying? I think I need to say it again. And then I'll say it. Probably not. There's like, (laughs) you don't know. Yeah. It's weird. You can't be in someone else's brain. Right. If you could be in somebody else's brain, who would you who would you want to be in? Ooh, um Donald Glover. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I just think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Good good pick. Him or Lynn Manuel Miranda. Um he wrote Hamilton and he wrote Okay, in the Heights. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just he's just a genius. Yeah. Just um he did the music and the lyrics and it's just like so brilliant yeah yeah like and I, I saw him post something where it was like the first draft of one of the songs and it wasn't good and then it was like oh my god like i thought this just came out of him and his genius but like no he like he spent several years like making it that amazing well i think that's a really important point I do think we live in sort of this world now where we typically just see the final product or even on Instagram, everybody looks pretty or looks like they're, they have everything figured out Mm -hmm. and, you know, we'll often watch a video of a band and they specifically picked the concert video where they all sounded great. It's, you know, I've listened to Bono before live and he actually sounded kind of mediocre on some songs, hmm. but one would never know that. Right. And, you know, Chris Cornell, who's like one of my favorite singers, you know, he really sounded really off pitch a lot of times, but I think we sort of get caught up and we think that they're always brilliant or they're always a genius. And I think that can yeah. actually be discouraging. Totally. And it's, it's, it's really, and it's no knockabout towards Chris or even like Chris Martin Coldplay. I've seen them before sound amazing and I've seen them sound like ass eh, sometimes. And that's totally normal. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we think that they're just like perfect all the time. Yeah. People, some people, their favorite part of my whole show is when I mess up. Hmm. Yeah. Which I really like. Because it makes me feel better about messing up. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people will just be like, oh, I didn't realize you were actually doing it until that happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're actually doing it. Yeah. Like, you're li- you're recording this and it's happening live. And it's like, I went to, I went to some cabaret in Paris. Uh-huh. And it was a guy on a unicycle. And he had all of these uh, teacups and... Uh, little plates and stuff and he was stacking them on his head and then he could flip something and it would go and it would land and I was just like something about it just seemed so unreal that it was like not exciting yeah I was just like whatever and then he messed up and then I was so invested because I was like wait what he's doing is actually like crazy yeah what he's doing is crazy and i'm not appreciating it because he does it so well so i didn't even enjoy the show until he messed up and yeah yeah i think there there is something to that for sure yeah i mean i'm sure since you're looping live you've made plenty of mistakes well the thing about looping is if you do it fairly well it kind of um can save you because usually something is going Okay. And when something is consistently going, people feel pretty safe. Okay. Um, so it's easier to make up for your mistakes when you're looping. It isn't super often that I have mistakes that people are aware of. Okay. But when I do have those mistakes, people um, 
appreciate them. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I'm wondering if they're appreciating it because you just, you feel like you're a human being then, like you're normal. I don't, I don't know. I just, um, I just, I think there's something about you where you feel kind of like maybe an angel or there's some sort of like. It's definitely like an alien vibe. Have you, have you gotten that vibe before? Yeah. I've gotten a lot of people say it's like some sort of like goddess alien thing. What's, what's like, when did you pick up on that? Or have you picked up on it? Or I don't know. Do you think people are insane when they say that about you? Or you, do you sort of like understand where they're coming from? No, I get it. I certainly embody something. Yeah. When I'm on stage, that is not necessarily the entirety of what I am as like a conscious being in the world. Right. So um, I think I should play another song. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hydra. So let's do that one. My hands are scripture and centurions God in the gates of my soul with furious Flicks on my wrist, I will into existence Sparks in the dark, welcome to the resistance Mark my words with an asterisk Too old to be an at-risk You spilling truth on a napkin I'm feeling loose, what you fill up the flask with? Kool-Aid news, putting facts in the casket A lot, there's um, a lot of strength going on, like women empowerment happening in your music. Thanks. <laughs> Where is that coming from? 
Where is the empowerment coming from? Where is sort of, why is that subject matter uh, important to you? And, you know, what's inspiring you to write about that? Um, yeah, and where is it coming through life experience, things that you've sort of dealt with? Um, in America, I, I'm just because it is a strong theme in your music, or at least on this record. So, right, I think it's less about like woman empowerment than general um, minority empowerment. Mm. Um, I think just the political and social climate that's like, I don't think it's possible for. Like a woman of color and and an immigrant, and I don't think it's possible to not um, have to digest that in some way. And I guess that's just how I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when you started feeling as though you were different from others? Uh, I always felt that way. You did. Yeah. I, I mean, there was like a, there was one there was one instance. I definitely knew I was different because I went from a place where like. Uh, there were a lot of different colored people right. <laughs> there who were like um like mostly brown and black but there were still like there were some white people sprinkled in and like asian people and um and then i went to a place where like it was all white people so it was very clear to me like jersey <laughs> like yeah. jersey yeah yeah um so that was very clear to me and then i really wanted to be a singer when right. I was little. Yeah. And then I was watching the Disney Channel. They used to have like these uh, concerts every Friday. Right. And one Friday night I was watching the concerts and I realized no one ever looked like me ever. Yeah. And I just cried. I just like cried for hours. I cried myself to sleep. Wow. Yeah. So that's like the thing that sticks out in my mind for sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm thinking about like the Academy Awards. and I'm forgetting the speech, but... Somebody speaking to the, the audience saying, I want to be an inspiration for all you girls out there. I forgot if she said black girls or I, but she was, uh, she, I think she was African American. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, as you're telling me the story, I'm thinking about how important those moments are just because it's true. We really do believe what we see on television. Totally. Absolutely. And, and, and what's scary is that, and that's what's, I just think so scary about the world. It's like, for whatever reason, we have this trust that whatever we see on television is real. And to some degree, that's true. Like, yeah. to some degree, you know, the what is put on... So art always tells us who is allowed to make art and whose art is valued. Right. And that's what it tells us about a society, right? So, um, So if you only see... If you don't see people of color doing certain things um, on television, it's because people of color aren't really given those opportunities to do them. Like, it's not Mm. that it's it's different. Like, I saw someone was saying, um, how come on TV shows, like the high school, like jock, like the white high school jock gets away with everything. Yeah. And then you're like, because that's true. Because like, look at the news. If you're a black man and you like, um, you have like a marijuana possession charge from like decades ago, you could still be in jail. But if you're a white high school kid that like rapes someone, you could yeah. get six months. So it's like, yeah, uh, what we see in the media isn't isn't necessarily true, but it does tell you what our values are. 
Yeah. I'm just, I can, <laughs> but I can see why it's so important to have women like you represented. And I think if it's inspiring, um, like other women out there to play piano, be seen, um, become more confident that their voice is worth being heard, then gosh, anything that people can do to get you out there, I just think is really important. Absolutely. Um, and any platform in which I'm put on is because of a change that's happening in the real world. Yeah. Like any opportunity that um, minorities get in media is because of a change in the real world. Um, yeah, it's a they mirror each other. In, yeah. It's a they marry each other in, in interesting ways. And I think um it definitely has a snowball effect. You just need a handful of people to kind of break those barriers and then it happens more often. Hopefully. Yeah. So you're up in Berkeley and then why do you decide to come to do you go back to San Diego to be with mom and dad or no, I think I always wanted to go to L.A. because, like, I love California. I love San Diego. Um, and it was basically like, am I going to go to New York or L.A.? And it was never really, like, a choice to me. I was always going to L.A. I right. never thought about it. Yeah. I just love California. Like, to and to pursue music. Yeah. So what was sort of, like, on your list of, did you want to put a demo together? Did you want to meet producers? Or you just were you all about, like, doing shows? What, what was sort of your frame of mind or what were you thinking? Because that's what, what's so, I guess my point is, is that, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, you go to law school. If you want to mm. be a doctor, you go to medical school. And there's even, you know, to become a computer programmer, it's, it all sort of seems logical what you should do. Mm-hmm. But as a musician, as a singer, you know, what, did you have a plan or what were you sort of thinking when you came down here? I didn't really have a plan. Yeah. I was an intern. So that's sort of how, like, I started building my network and my friends and then a lot of Berkeley kids were already out here yeah I didn't have I didn't have any sort of plan I just thought I would work really hard and hopefully something would happen yeah but I don't think anyone knows what you're supposed to do I still don't know what I'm supposed to do yeah right yeah you just like look for opportunities and you try to follow your purpose as best you can I don't know yeah I mean, how how soon did you start, you know, doing shows down here? Pretty soon after. Pretty probably within a month or so, okay. a month or two. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, I and was really bad at looping. Yeah, I was really bad at it. Well, it's just, <laughs> but there's some things like, you know, you can loop at home and you can practice and Absolutely. you can. But until you're out there and in front of people. So much of it is actually like being able to adjust to different rooms. Yeah. Um, especially when it's so much live. Like when you're, when when people are looping guitar, it's a lot easier if they're like looping it through like a pickup or something. Right. Because you're not getting, when you're looping into a microphone, you're picking up a lot of the room. Oh, like a, like a vocal mic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's like half the battle which with any show. Right. That's like not even half the battle. That's like actually 90% of the battle. Yeah. <laughs> because like everything else I got, like I know how to do what I do. But when I started, I was not very good. But like it's kind of, no one's very good at anything when they start. Yeah. I, 
So wait, you have like a loopering pedal with your keyboard and also your vocal mic as well, or? Yeah, I have a, a, a mic that runs into a vocal effects processor and that runs into the loop station and my keyboard also runs into the loop station. Okay. And what's the, what's the loop station? It's the Boss RC505. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I think really I know great. it. Yeah. Do you remember being born with like a phone around or cell phone? Were you are you in that generation now where you don't remember a world before cell phone? No, no. I definitely yeah. there I remember in college my college boyfriend had an iPhone and I was like this is absolutely wild. Okay. That we could like go on the internet on his phone. Yeah. Like I had like a razor. I had like a flip phone. Right. Um yeah, I definitely Like when you're when you were 10, cell phones weren't um, they were a thing. Okay. Yeah, they were around. Okay. Um, but not like kids. Okay. Now, like I didn't have one. Right. What, how are you? How do you deal with you know the onslaught of technology and then Instagram? Uh, you know, do you feel as though you need to be a specific way on Instagram, or people people telling you you know what to post and how to be, or are you putting a lot of thought into it, or are you not really thinking too much about it? You know, what's what's your relationship with um, with Instagram? So I I really like visual representation of myself as an artist. So curating my Instagram page for Trish's, I enjoy, but all the rest of it. I don't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to think about like what gets the most likes, what gets the most likes is selfies of myself like that's i don't care yeah. about posting selfies but those do get the most likes absolutely i don't yeah. post them yeah like i just don't feel like what am i saying to the world like i only have such a limited time to say something in the world like am i gonna be like yeah i'm cute like i don't know it's so i struggle with instagram because the things that um I think often the the path of least resistance is not really like what I feel like me or my brand is. Right. Um, but I do like curating visual content. Yeah. I enjoy that. Okay. Like as a visual artist, I'm sure um, you know, you're like, what type of visual stuff are you doing? Like I just enjoy making it... Um, cohesive and right. making all of the colors cohesive i enjoy making sure everything relates in some way to the identity that i'm i'm creating and the message that i want to put into the world right um i i enjoy being very thoughtful uh visually and also conceptually about about the different pieces i post that being said i don't really post very often <laughs> yeah i've noticed that I've, i started following you like maybe a month ago and yeah you don't post too much yeah and um i post when i have like i will plan i will plan posting but i'm i don't i don't really know how people live their lives and like fully suck the marrow out of it yeah while they are also doing that and some people are i'm sure are great at it i just don't have that mental and emotional capacity to be capturing and experiencing at the same time right um and hopefully one day i'll be like wildly successful and i'll just have someone that captures 
white lag experience. Yeah. But it's very difficult for me. It's very, like, so when I was traveling, I didn't post at all because I was like experiencing things. Right. And, and I, so do you, do you believe it, it lessens the experience if you're, um, you know, trying to capture it with a photo or story it? For me, it does. Yeah, me too. For me, it really does. And may, and I don't know how other people feel about it. Like one of the days I did a takeover for a company that my friend and I have. Um, and it was so hard for me to remember to keep like doing stories. Yeah. And I try to always have something in my story because like I'm doing cool stuff every day. You know, it's not like I'm, but it, it's hard for me to like be a real like social media person. Right. Like I just don't have that capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are people telling you that you should be doing it more or? I mean, I'm sure I should be doing it more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I should. Well, I just, I get the sense that people that are, that are uh, sensitive and artistic and feel a lot have a hard time with the platform. Some people really, I think that the, the other thing is that like Trish's and Trish are two different things. So not everything I put on Trish's is like, it's not necessarily like me. It's like, there's a very specific thing I'm trying to be and represent. Um, and I'm not even claiming that that's me, you know, hmm. if I think, yeah, if it was just like, if the, if it was just Trish, like, I could, like if you, it was just me, right? I think it would be easier. Yeah. But I can't. Um, but for Trish's as a project, I do consciously curate yeah. what I want to, to say. Um, I don't know. I just have this thing about like, what I, what am I leaving in the world? And yeah. I think a lot of people leave all of these brilliant things, but then they leave all of these random things that they didn't think about too much so it's like a junk drawer that yeah. has like some like hidden treasures in it and i would rather when i leave that it's these like very carefully placed things and you can view all of them mysterious is gravity intelligent is saraswati but death is all around us spinning through the galaxy so we try to find mortality an anti-aging cream and the people who surround us cause you will never see yourself in real life only videos and photographs and reflections you will never see yourself through your own eyes only mirrors and camera projections but I see you home as an apple Follow J Lo of all people. Well, I just I think J Lo is amazing. I just think she can do so many things, and it doesn't feel like she curates at all. Like she just posts photos of her family sometimes. Sometimes she and A Rod. Sometimes uh, just at a tour or at a show. And but then there are people like you, and it has to look a specific way. 
And I get it. I don't know which one is better. I'm not sure. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a better thing. I don't think when J Lo, like, I don't think like Britney Spears, like, I love her Instagram. It's so funny. They're not, that's not an artistic platform to them. Hmm. Like with Trisha's, it's an art, it's an artistic project. It's a piece of art I'm making. If I wasn't making that, I don't even think I would be on Instagram. Interesting. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. Their art forms allow them to be individuals on their social platforms. Right. Um, but for me, my social, like my Instagram is still part of the art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you ever, do you have like your own personal Instagram or it's just sort of like you or the only one you have is Trisha's? Yeah. And did you ever think about making that just sort of like, a, oh, I'm, you know, at this restaurant just having breakfast or something or, or did you join it with the very specific reason of I'm going to curate this and make it artistic and make it a specific thing? Yeah, definitely evolved okay. um, from being like my personal Instagram to the Trisha's Instagram. Yeah. But I'm actually like a, a pretty private person. Um, I talk a lot about my experiences and I talk a lot about, um, you know, my thoughts and feelings politically and socially, but I don't post like anything private. I mean, any, yeah, I don't post private per- personal things. Right, right, right. I'm I'm actually a pretty private person. Have, have you gotten like looped into the addictive qualities of, of cell phones and Instagram? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And is that something just talk about that. Yeah, it sucks. I don't I don't yeah. want to do it. I really don't want to do it. I just want to like make art. Like that isn't that what we like all want to do? Yeah. Let's just make art. Um do you feel as though you have to be more like sexual or more like re- revealing or do something on Instagram because it just feels like that's sort of the culture we live in now? Or I've never felt any pressure in particular. Okay. Um, but like I sent my friend, I got a new bathing suit and I sent her a picture of me in this bathing suit. And she was like, you should post that on your Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's just not what I do. It's like, yeah. it's just not me and it's not that i'm opposed to like showing my body um if i'm wondering if in like any of my videos or anything but like if it were some sort of artistic choice for me to be naked yeah then i'm not opposed to that at all yeah i feel like there was an artistic reason behind it yeah just to be like i don't that's just not that's just not me but i still like being validated in that way just like through like my friends or like you know like yeah like if i've been working out i'll send like one of my girlfriends or like i'll send someone a picture of me in my cute bathing suit but i don't feel like i need like the whole internet to validate me in that way right me too you know yeah so yeah I, i try to keep my my social media platforms about um social issues and about my art. Yeah. What's a social issue that's just really important to you? What are you trying to convey to the world? Or I think, to my, think about? my, my priority issues are, um, well, that would fall under the treatment of black and brown Americans in terms of mass incarceration and the prison industrial complex and police brutality. That's one thing. And then my other 
The other issue I'm really passionate about is immigration and asylum seekers and refugees. Um, I, those are just the things that I feel like the most called to. Have you felt um, it's? Have you personally had experiences where you felt unsafe, or have you felt as though it's gotten worse because of our president over the last few years? I mean, what what have you noticed around you? I mean, I volunteer with um, refugees. I help resettle refugees in LA and uh, they've basically completely stopped coming in because our refugee ceiling is the lowest it's been since the Refugee Act Mm -hmm. um, from 1980. So that's like a very tangible thing. I've seen like now we've started working with asylum seekers because we we have a lot of those. Um, But refugees are a little different because we can just cap them. Right. Just, so we barely have any refugees coming. Our cap is at 30,000 and we're probably only going to let in like 20,000. Um, and there's millions, millions and millions of refugees. So um, and we're a country of like 300 something million. So it's like, I don't know, it's that's something I've definitely seen. A lot of it is a lot of it is stuff that's always happened that I think only other people hadn't really seen as yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, have, are, have your mom and dad been really active and they've been really sort of vocal about this kind of stuff when you were a kid? Do you remember? Yes. My my dad has always been, um, he's always informed my, my opinions on social issues for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's not very political, which is interesting. But he's definitely where I kind of learned about them. Yeah. Now he lives in Trinidad and in okay. Um, he splits his time between San Diego and Trinidad. So I know they have they have a crazy refugee crisis happening because it's right next to Venezuela. So there's a lot right. of Venezuelan refugees. So um, I'm very curious to talk to him about that and how how that's been. But um, and I'm sure I will. I'm going to go see him tomorrow, I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, I'm curious though, um, how did you meet the producer for your project, mm-hmm. for Ego? Mm-hmm. Um, are you get, when, what's next? Um, are you going to be doing shows out here? And how are you going to promote it? Are you going to be, you know, using Instagram <laughs> or like, you know, just, I'm curious, you know, what, what's next? And, and well, let's, let me, let me backtrack. How did you meet the producer for the record? And how was that process of making it? Um, the producer was introduced to me through my manager okay, um, and my investor at the time. And what do you mean investor like to help out with like the cost of making the of record? Making the yeah. Record. Cause people don't realize how freaking expensive it, it is. It is to, so expensive to be yeah. an artist. Um, yeah. so I, I met him through them and, um, that's how I met firstborn. And then Jordan Ware, who also produced, on the EP, I met him. I think I just met him. We were in like the same circles, sort of. Okay. Um, and he's just an absolute joy to work with. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think we all sort of run in the same circles. Yeah. Um, but where were you like hanging out? Like what, what was your circle here in LA? Cause I feel like for me, it was, you know, back in the day, it was like Canners and Largo and mm. the Mint was really big. I mean, what's what sort of was the scene for you here in L.A.? I don't know. I think there's just like shows that everyone 
everyone that I sort of know go to all the time. Okay. Um, there's like that group of people that we all go to the same shows and are in the same circles. And then there's the group of people that I was introduced to more through my manager. Um, and yeah, so I have two sort of like musician circles. Sure. Yeah. And were you, did you write the songs for the record? I did. Yeah. Okay. And did you play, you know, instrumentation or did the producer do it or how was that just, how was it, you know, bringing these songs to life? Basically everything, um, I first, everything I write within my setup. So we record that in and then we produce over that. Okay. So that might mean taking out things or modifying things. And then it's usually the first order of business would be to like add um, bass and drums. Sure. Yeah. Cool. And then are you going to be doing shows out here? Totally. Um, they so, haven't been announced yet, but well, let's hear. I will be. Are they, are they going to be with a band or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My band is so great. My band out here is just like so much fun to play with. Um, so I'm going to be doing some shows. I'm going to be doing one in September and one in October. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be doing some, some East Coast dates in September as well. Cool. So we got a, a lot of cool stuff happening in the fall, but also releasing a couple singles in the fall. Yeah. And then the id will be out sometime next year. How'd you come up with the name? I mean, I it's know just, your name's Trish, but who who thought of the idea of like, let's just make it Trish's? I think I decided at a St. Vincent show. Why are you so obsessed with St. Vincent? Like, just talk to me about it. So she's just amazing. Like, why? why? Oh, I just I love her writing and I love her sounds. Like her sounds are so great. And then her last, was it her last tour? Her last tour, the choreography was so cool. It's like very Talking Heads inspired. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I just think I just love her. Yeah. Yeah. I. She went to Berkeley. Oh, okay. And I remember the first time I heard her was in a songwriting class. We all got to bring in the song we wanted to analyze, and someone brought in. Um, I forget what it's called. It's like about a party. It's this, yeah. Um, I think it's like in three. It's like in three and it's about a party and it's, it's one of her, it's from her first album. Um, and the teacher was like, this sounds like my, my old student, Annie. And then they were like, yeah, like, it oh is. <laughs> my God, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think like her and Regina Spector are like my two Regina, it's like her, her songwriting, her use of words and her use of her voice. Yeah. And St. Vincent, it's her songwriting and her, her sound selection and, um, her shows are, her shows are phenomenal. I really appreciate her, her stage movement because I feel like not a lot of artists in her genre utilize like movement the way that she does. Yeah. Well, are you like, what are you thinking about when it comes to you and your shows? I mean, what could you be more aware of up there that you're thinking about before you go out? I think the, like the next steps for yeah. the shows, for building the shows, the next steps are definitely visual and lighting, um, which we don't think too much about. And I love movement. I love dancing. So there's definitely um, choreography within the shows, but it's like very, um, it's it's mostly like from the waist up choreography. Yeah, because the, th- the only issue with the only issue with the loop pedal could be because you're kind of like stuck there. I'm behind this sort of all of my equipment. <laughs> right. But there's still a lot of choreography. 
And like an animal, like, have you seen the OA? Yes, I saw a couple episodes. That's like my favorite kind of choreography. Have you okay. seen like when they do the... Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Um, it's like, I've, I'm obsessed with that. I love that. I love, love, love that. And a lot of those things are are just upper body movement. Right. Um, so even in the am- animal video, I worked on the choreography with um, Carly Lind. And it's, yeah, it's all upper body. And it didn't have to be. I just love... I don't know. I love hands too. Like I, I draw hands a lot. Mm-hmm. There's something about like, I don't know. It's just what I like. It's in terms of movement. It's, it's really what I like to do. So I think I do for, for how I'm set up, I have a lot of movement, Yeah. but eventually it would love, I would love to have sections that are more that I can have even more movement in, um, which would require me not playing. Well, I think with a band though, <laughs> though, you might be able to like, explore going in front of your pedal boards and your setup and just sort of like be behind a microphone. Yeah. There's, there's some just like logistical limitations right now. Yeah. Um, that hopefully with more money and bigger shows and bigger budgets that we can get around and expand the show in terms of movement. And like, I love working with dancers. Um, Right. So I would love to have some dancers also in the show. Awesome. Well, Trish, it's been really Freaking cool to talk to you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, so I just, I'll just want to remind people. Um, so it's, you can be found on Spotify and mm-hmm. iTunes at Trish's. Yeah. Um, T-R-I-S-H-E-S. You can be found on Instagram. I forgot your Instagram handle all of a sudden. It's just Trish's music. Just I think Trish's. everything is Trish's, Trish's music. Cool. Well, Trish's, thanks so much for taking the time to talk about life and music and art. Life and, you know, life yeah. and art. Cool. Um, And thanks to to all of you for being a part and listening to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I can feel it dance on the tip of my tongue. The air is from in my lungs. But I can't say what you never heard. I could babble on till the seas run dry But a castle still won't reach the sky Cause sometimes speech gets laced and slurred
could never say Get it off your chest and rest assured Darling, I won't say a word Give me all your secrets and your hurt and Darling, I won't say a word 